with these fear archetypes or with the way that fear is manifesting itself in your life, it's replacing those core values and core beliefs with beliefs that are healthier and that are going to allow you to grow and that are going to allow you to push past your fear. And I think it's also important to know that you don't, that fear doesn't necessarily ever go away, but you do find a better way of managing it and a better way of dealing with it. I mean, that's the whole concept of doing it scared. That courage doesn't mean you're never afraid. Courage is just taking action despite the fear. Today's guest, Ruth Sukup, teaches women how to identify what's holding them back in their lives and businesses and really face their fears head on. From overcoming depression, navigating a divorce, and surviving bankruptcy, Ruth is simply resilient. I cannot wait for you to hear her incredible incredible perspective on doing it scared, which is also her brand new book that is now out and how our mistakes have the ability to teach us amazing and worthwhile lessons. But before we dive in, I do want to give my warm appreciation to Kel8479, who is our reviewer this week. And she says, Julie, your podcast is amazing. As an entrepreneur, it is so important to always be learning and growing and surrounding myself with the right people and energy. The Influencer Podcast is exactly the energy I need. And I love that you brought up energy because I feel like that that is such an important part of really getting our mindset and our framework in motion to achieve the pursuits that we are going for. So much of it is really about surrounding yourself with the right people, with the right energy, with the right focus that you really want to bring about for your life. So thank you for that reminder. And for all of you listening, please take that with you today. Kind of check in with yourself every now and then and ask yourself, am I surrounding myself with people that are really encouraging me today? Um, am I surrounding myself with positive thoughts, right? Because a lot of it is is in our brains. It's, it's really what we make up and tell ourselves day in and day out. So it's a great reminder to really check into yourself today and ask yourself those kinds of questions. Make sure that you're really putting that positive thought forward and that you are creating that energy that you need to really pursue and achieve the goals that you're looking for. Now, of course, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So all you have to do is head over to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're tuning in from, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet, and then leave us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. I would also love it so much if you would tag me at Joel Solomon and our guest today at Ruth Sukup, S-O-U-K-U-P, on your Instagram story and hashtag the influencer podcast to let us know what your biggest takeaway from today's amazing, amazing conversation is. I cannot wait to see the gleams that you guys picked up. I know I picked up a ton. And if you're wanting some more TIP goodness and connect with other like-minded folks to get that good energy surrounding you, well then make sure to check out our amazing Facebook community. There we have thousands of amazing listeners who are coming in each and every day sharing their own daily tips on how to uplevel their business. And you get to chat with my team and other listeners on what you need. You know, what are your takeaways? What are your struggles? You can find that over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to uh, just hit the like button and be a part of that wonderful community as well. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. 
Hi, Ruth. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It is so great to have you here today with us. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So I know that we are going to be diving into all things Do It Scared today, which is your new book. And I'm so excited to really share the message in this book because I know that so many of the listeners that we have um, on the Influencer Podcast, they they feel this way all the time, right? The the courage to face our fears, even though we don't feel like we're enough or that we have to kind of overcome those feelings of self-doubt or the limiting beliefs or what what any of that happens. So I love that you were miss it, your mission and your message is really about doing it anyway, you know, even if you're scared, <laughs> just go for it. So I would love for you to kind of um, just dive in with us and kind of share it with, with us kind of from the beginning of why do it scared? And why was this the message that you needed to share? That's a great question. Well, you know, I've been in the online space for quite a while, but my story actually goes way, way back um, beyond that. Uh, In my early 20s, I went through just a really bad depression in college. And that sort of set the tone for my for my adulthood where I I sort of had this whole huge breakdown. It was two and a half years. I had multiple suicide attempts. And kind of learning how to fight back from that in my life as, as an adult and learn, hitting rock bottom the way that I did. I mean, I ended up divorced, filed for bankruptcy, literally had nothing left um, but the clothes on my back. And figuring out a way to fight back from that was my motto and my personal mantra in life sort of became do it scared. And so when I started my business in 2010, after a lot of, a lot of highs and lows, a lot of mistakes, a lot of missteps along the way, I started my business. And as I started thinking about what I wanted the core values for my business to be do it scared was the number one thing that came up. And so it became sort of this mantra that I would share frequently with my community in different ways. I'd talk about it in emails or, you know, on different blog posts or some things like that. And it was funny because I really noticed my community started to embrace that mantra also. And I knew that it was something that I needed to go deeper on because I was so curious about the role of fear in our lives, especially as women. My audience is primarily women. And I would have so many members of my community coming to me and saying things like, I feel like I'm just sitting on the sidelines of my own life. I'm watching all of these people doing amazing things. And yet I am so afraid to jump in. I'm so afraid to go after it. I'm so afraid to follow my, follow my dreams or to go after my goals. I don't know what's holding me back. And I, and I kept hearing that over and over. It was this recurring theme and I wanted to understand more about it. What is this fear that holds us back? And what can we do about it, most importantly? So I ended up kind of crazily commissioning a whole study. And we surveyed more than 4,000 people on the role of fear, asking questions like, what, you know, where is fear holding you back in your life? When, what does the fear look like? Can you give an example of a time where fear held you back from doing something? Can you give an example of time where you were afraid, but you did it anyways? And started really diving in. And I ended up having to hire a whole team of researchers and psychologists to help me with going through all the data. It was so much data. But the the findings from all of this research were really, really fascinating. And that is sort of, that's where the book jumps in and talks about sort of what we discovered, but also it's very practical and talks about not only what we discovered in the study, but how you can use that information to break through fear in your own life. 
I love that. And you you kind of start it with what you call the fear archetypes, which I would love to, to dive into first. Um, and then you go into kind of um, how to overcome those archetypes, if you will. Um, and then, and then the action step. So what was really coming out for me, I mean, even with the first uh, seven chapters with the fear archetypes, I mean, there's so many that we can all relate to the people pleaser for sure. Um, the rule follower, the excuse maker. So kind of share with us a little bit about, um, what, what the fear archetypes are and how you were able to kind of streamline these seven as kind of being the ones that we most commonly fall into. Okay. Well, what we discovered in through this study was in the really most interesting discovery was that fear looks very different for different people. So when we talk about being afraid and having, and when I, and I should clarify here for a second, because when I'm talking about fear, I'm not talking about phobias. I'm not talking about the fear of flying or spiders or things like that. What I'm talking about is the specific type of fear that keeps us stuck or holds us back from going after our goals and dreams, the kind of fear that keeps us from stepping out of our comfort zone. So what we discovered is that that fear looks different for different people. And just as you said, there's seven, seven very unique and distinct ways that fear manifests itself in our lives. And those are what we call the fear archetypes. And for most people, there's at least one that's most prevalent. Um, you can have maybe two or three that are fairly that you score fairly high on, and that they interact and interplay a little bit. But there's usually for most people there's one that you identify most strongly with. But all of us probably have a little bit of all of them within us. So the important thing about figuring out your fear archetype or learning your fear archetype. And we can talk about each one and qualities of each one because they're so, they're so interesting. I can totally, I could geek out with you all day on, on fear archetypes. Yeah. But it's very fascinating. <laughs> I, I would love to kind of dive into some of those for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, but just this, the one thing that, um, I think is so important about, about learning what your fear archetype is. And this is where, what the book talks about too. It's that once you understand what your underlying fear is that is making an impact that is maybe playing into your subconscious. It's playing into the, into the self-talk that goes on inside your head. Once you can start to see those patterns and identify it in your life, all of a sudden it's, it's like, you're able to break through it. You need to identify it. Sort of like you can't cure cancer if you haven't gotten a diagnosis. And so you can't cure your, your fears unless you understand what the real fear is that you're dealing with. And that, and then once you start to see it, then you can start to pick up the patterns and see what's going on. And you can start to create solutions for those particular fears. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable, recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer, that's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. And so let's let's dive into some of the archetypes. I mean, some of them, obviously, as I mentioned before, kind of really stood out for me, but let's go with, um, I'll, I'll kind of pick out the three that I thought really kind of stuck out. So the, the first one, which is the procrastinator. Yes. Yes. The procrastinator is actually the most common of all of the archetypes. And it's actually also known as the perfectionist. And so a lot, it's funny because a lot of perfectionists don't think of themselves as procrastinators, but procrastination and perfectionism are are almost almost always interchangeable. And if you look at a lot of procrastination, it's often because of that underlying fear that the perfectionist has, which is the fear of making a mistake. And so for the procrastinator, they'll generally put things off or try to plan way ahead or have trouble with commitment because that underlying fear comes into play all the time of this just deep-seated fear of making a mistake or getting it wrong. Oh, that's so good. Um, And then, and I feel like that's one that we all we just all relate to so much because, you know, we're so afraid of, of not doing it right. We're so afraid of, of, um, you know, not being able to shape it or manage it or control it in the way in which we think or see or feel about it. And so then we just don't make a move at all. And it's like, yes, it stays, it stays in the brain. And then when it stays, when it, when you're so busy with the thinking, then you can't take the action. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the, and b- because this is such a common fear archetype, I think 40% of the population has this as their top archetype or one of their top three. And so that's a huge number of people that really struggle with this feeling of making a mistake. And that exactly what you said is, is how it plays out is 
people won't take action. They, they'll get paralyzed with all the choices. They'll get paralyzed by thinking they're going to get it wrong. They get paralyzed thinking they can never get it perfect. And so they don't want to start at all. And so, so many people never take that first step because they're just so afraid of getting it wrong. And so as far as being able to overcome this particular fear, it's really important, first of all, to start to recognize the patterns and recognize the self-talk that's happening in your head when you're saying, well, I might get it wrong or I might make a mistake or I might screw it up. You have to replace that that message with a different message, which is it's okay to make mistakes. Mistakes are how you learn. You know, you have to start replacing those, replacing those messages and also start recognizing when they're happening because so many times they happen without us even knowing it. It's so automated for us. These fears are so ingrained in our subconscious and in our psyche that we don't know that that message is playing until we can say, oh, now I see it. Now I see that that talk that's happening in my head. And once you can do that, then you can, then you can start to replace the message. But then also another great strategy when you're a procrastinator slash perfectionist is to give yourself a deadline for things. You just have to give yourself a hard deadline where this is it. And, and even ask other people to give you a hard deadline so that somebody else is holding you accountable. Oh, that's really good. Because I was thinking, cause there are some things with that archetype that, you know, may be beneficial if you're, you know, you love a deadline, you're drawn to organization and order, you're detail oriented. And in some parts of your life that can really be beneficial, but you don't oh, want it yeah, to be, sure. yeah, to be so over controlled or bearing to where then, you know, you're too busy. It's kind of like the analysis paralysis. Like you're, you're just yes. too busy researching and, and detailing and organizing that there's never actually an action that takes place. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's, it's really important to know that too. For every um, negative attribute of, one, of any of the fear archetypes, and they do sound, they all sound sort of negative because we're talking about fear. So it's not exactly a warm, fuzzy feeling. But each of the fear archetypes do have positive attributes to them. So if you know, there are parts of that that are serving you, and um, it, when you can use the things that are serving you, but then figure out solutions for the things that are hindering you or holding you back, that's when you can really maximize maximize your fear archetype and maximize the knowledge. Mm. Okay, awesome. So I want to go to um, another one, which is in chapter three, which is the people pleaser. Um, ah. Another one that I know that my audience can totally relate to. And some of the habits that you say about the people pleaser are that they are overly concerned about looking foolish, stupid, or silly. They don't want to let people down. They uh, tend to want to be well-liked and can be overly concerned with appearances and status um, and metrics that sort of thing. You know, popularity yes. is really important. Um, they say yes too often and can become overcommitted and they care a lot about what people think and they desire to fit in and be a part of the crowd. Yes. Yes. That you nailed it. <laughs> so I think for the people pleaser, it's really important again, to start to recognize those patterns of behavior. And for the people pleaser, the worst the worst thing that can happen or the underlying fear is the fear of being judged, the fear of being criticized by others, the fear of having other people think bad of you. That's the driver. And that's the thing that is just like, it almost paralyzes people in the same way that the fear of making a mistake will paralyze a procrastinator. And that's what's so interesting about fear is that because 
you know, we all have a little bit of the people pleaser in us at some point, you know, we all fear being judged, but some people fear it much more at a much more extreme level and experience that at a much more extreme level than other people. So when you, when you really start to understand that about yourself, that you're, you might not be so afraid of making a mistake, but you are afraid of what people are going to say about you. If you make a mistake, then it's important to understand that distinction. Mm, that's a good one too. Um, okay. The last one that I want to go through with the archetypes, cause this is another one. I think, I think we're hitting like the top three that I know about my audience, but it's the self doubter. Oh and yes. It's the one that just feels like they are not enough, no matter what they do. You know, there's a lot of helplessness in this powerlessness to this. They're, they're not capable. I would love for you to kind of share more about the self doubter doubter. The self-doubter is probably the one that makes me the saddest, honestly, because the self-doubter really is the underlying fear of not being capable. And that plays out when we talk about self-talk that happens in your head, the self-doubter experiences the most devastating self-talk of just, I, you're basically, you're not enough. No matter what you do, it's not enough. It's not good enough. You're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. And how that often plays out in the self-doubter, and you might even know people like this, you can probably recognize this when I talk about it, but the self-doubter will often become hypercritical not only of themselves, but of the people around them, especially the people closest to them. So it's the it's the friend that's always being snarky about everybody else. It's the, or always has just a little, a little snide remark to make, or is always digging at you or giving backhanded compliments or that kind of thing. That often comes from a place of self-doubt and insecurity. And so that's where the self-doubter struggles. And the self-doubter, I would say of all of the fear archetypes is one where if you recognize that in yourself, that you may want to consider getting professional help, um, or at least finding really good accountability partners in your life and really good people to build you up and lift you up. And also working on a lot of personal development and self-development things, because it's one that can not just be, be detrimental to yourself and to your own psyche, but also to the relationships around you more than some of the other archetypes because of that, the way that it plays out um, in your life is, can be detrimental, not only to yourself, but to the people around you when you're, when you're tearing them down also. Yeah. So there's of course a lot more archetypes in here that are amazing, but for those listening, I would love when you finish this episode today, just screenshot this episode, tag me and Ruth in the screenshot and put it on Instagram and let us know which archetype you felt most, um, in common with. Um, I would just love to kind of see which ones people are like, oh my gosh, that's so me, or I need to work on that. I think that would be really cool for us to see. Um, and we actually have an assessment that you can take at doitscared.com. You can take the assessment and it's 49 questions. And so it will help you nail down what exactly what your archetype is. So if you're listening, you're like, I don't know, how do I choose? We can we can help you with that. <laughs> oh, even better. Yes. So take the assessment, screenshot the episode, let us know what it comes back with. Cause I'm, I'm, I find this stuff so fascinating. I'm dying to know. So we talked about, you know, some of these fears, right? I'm, I'm afraid of making a mistake. I'm afraid of not being perfect. I'm afraid of not being enough, not being capable. I'm afraid of, um, you know, what other people will think of me and not being liked and loved. So how do we start to, once we can identify those fears, how do we start to, 
I don't even want to say overcome them, but just start to be more mindful of them to start living with them in a way that is not detrimental to our well-being and our growth? That's such a great question. And like I said, the first step is really in this process is identifying. And when you identify where you're at and you start to read about the archetypes and then it's almost like it opens up, it's hard to describe, but it's almost like it's taking the blinders off and opening up a door and where you all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, I never realized this about myself before, but now I can see it. And then once you see it, you can start to see those patterns in your life. So it's so, so important to get clarity on that. And then once you have started started to notice those patterns, there are some other very specific things that you can do. So in the book, I, I recommend after, after going through this process of identity and figuring out what your fear archetype is, to that, then try to adopt a new set of principles or core values. I call them the principles of courage, and there's seven of them, and I talk about each one in depth in, in Do It Scared. But basically, it's replacing all of these core beliefs that have maybe been holding you back that are associated with, with these fear archetypes or with the way that fear is manifesting itself in your life. It's replacing those core values and core beliefs with beliefs that are healthier and that are going to allow you to grow and that are going to allow you to push past your fear. And I think it's also important to know that you don't, that fear doesn't necessarily ever go away, but you do find a better way of managing it and a better way of dealing with it. I mean, that's the whole concept of doing it scared. That courage doesn't mean you're never afraid. Courage is just taking action despite the fear. Mm, I love that. Um, and I want to kind of dive into some of these principles that you share in the book, um, you know, to, to really claim that courage. Um, and one of the ones that I think is great is, you know, dare to think big. Um, and you say, because stretch goals are the secret to getting and staying motivated. So um, for someone who may conceptually get that, but they're having a hard time, like really owning that, what would you say to them? That one is one that's so hard for so many people. And, you know, we hear so much about goal setting and there's so much conventional wisdom about goal setting. And a lot of it is really good advice, especially, you know, we've all heard of smart goals before, probably in the smart framework that your goals should be specific and measurable and attainable and realistic and time bound. And all of that is, is good. But what's really important to realize is that if you're not setting big goals and and bigger targets for yourself, you stay, you stay wrapped up in a smaller world and that does not allow you to stretch and that does not allow you to push past your fear and push past your comfort zone. Thinking, thinking big and learning to think big and learning to set bigger goals for yourself is the first, is really like sort of the first mindset shift that has to happen in order to begin to step out of your comfort zone. Cause it's not until you dare to start thinking a little bit bigger about what could be that you will even know how to step out of your comfort zone, that you'll even know what, what other things are out there. Oh, that's so good. Um, and then you talked a lot about um, the action steps um, and that's kind of the, the third section of the book where you share, um, you know, how, how to take these, the new things that we are learning in here and then actually putting action into them so you can live more abundantly, you can claim these and then you can really live it in your day-to-day -day life. And one of the ones that you talk about um, is um, eliminating excuses which I thought was really interesting. And because and, I feel like a lot of times it's the excuses that get in the way of the action, right? It's, you know, oh, we, so we true. have all the ideas and we may want to do this and that, but 
then we'll have these excuses that kind of keep us small um, and, and not making that happen. And you, um, you talk about a, a mutual friend of ours in this chapter too, that I love Susie Moore, um, yes. who I just adore and, um, and share a, a lot of her story. So that's why I was also called to this chapter, but I would love for you to kind of <laughs> share that a little bit more about the eliminating excuses piece. And obviously we know why that's important, but a couple of steps that the listeners can take today to start to eliminate excuses in their life. Well, Susie's story is so great uh, and so inspiring to me because she grew up and, and you know, Susie also, I don't know if she's been a guest on this podcast, but if so, maybe your listeners know her too, but she, she grew up in the UK, really hard family life. She had, her mom was mentally ill. Her dad was, a was an addict um, who died when she was 19 and they were on welfare and moved around all the time, were homeless for some time. Like she had so many things working against her in her life and in her childhood. So many things that for so many people would be devastating. They would never recover from it. But for Susie, she didn't accept that. She started at a very young age, I think maybe age 14, she started getting more into personal development, started reading a lot of motivational books and motivational motivational speakers and paying attention to, to that world. And she read a book and in there, one of the chapters was titled no excuses. And from then on in her life, she decided she was never going to make excuses, never going to make excuses for anything that ever happened to her. And she adopted that mentality. And now she, you know, she lives in New York. She's got an incredibly successful business. She's living the dream life that so many of us would, could, never dream of and except that she could and she did. And actually there's nothing standing in anybody's way of getting that. If she could do that, if she could build that starting from zero, from nothing, having not even a college education, only went to school until age 18. If she could do that, then what's stopping you? There's, it's, so many excuses get in our way from so many things in life. And I'm sure, I'm sure you see this in your communities. I see it all the time in mine. I, we just did a open the doors recently for elite blog Academy, which is my program that only opens once a year. And it happens every year. We have so many people who want to take the course, but have every excuse under the sun. And some of the excuses are totally legitimate. Some of the excuses are maybe not quite so legitimate, but doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, even a good excuse is still an excuse. It's still going to hold you back. And so if you are looking for an excuse, you will always find one. There will always be something and some reason for why you can't do something. But if you take the attitude that I am not going to make excuses, I am going to do this no matter what, nothing can stand in your way. It's really, it's kind of incredible that it's such a mindset thing. And it's so relative. Like you were saying, I mean, someone's excuse of, you know, my house just burned down, which is in, which is so detrimental and so awful and so terrible. It's still just as relative to the other person who's like, um, I don't feel like I, you know, um, can understand the content, you know, or what, whatever, because, because the right. excuse for each person, it has just as much weight and is just as much, has just as much relativity to each person. Totally. Um, and so and that it, goes back to what you were just saying. An excuse is still an excuse. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that what 
is happening isn't a, a relative deal, isn't a big deal, but it's still an excuse that you are telling yourself that's keeping you from taking the action. Exactly. Exactly. And as long as you're allowing yourself to make those excuses, even if they are totally legitimate, even, I mean, it doesn't matter if nobody blames you. Who cares if nobody blames you? Who cares if you are, if you are, have such great justification that everybody feels sorry for you? So what? That doesn't get you where you want to be. That doesn't get you to the, to your end result. That's not going to help you create your dream life or meet all your goals. You have to adopt the attitude that it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter what hard things, whether it's a financial issue, a health issue, your husband isn't supportive. I hear that one a lot too. Mm. It does none of those ones, none of those, none of those matter. At the end of the day, you make the choice and you choose to either move forward or not move forward. Mm. I love that. That is great. Um, well, once someone takes do it scared and they read it, what do you hope is if there was one thing that you would hope that the reader would take away, what would that be? Oh my gosh. It would be take action, take action. Yeah. Action is the antidote to fear. And that is, it's something I reiterate again and again and again in the book. But I think it's so important to understand, especially because so many people fear making a mistake, that when you take that little step, it gives you the courage to take the next step and that gives you the courage to take the next step and that gives you the courage to take the next step. And then before you know it, you've taken more steps than you ever thought possible. So many of us think that we have to have everything all figured out. We have to have it all mapped out. We have to know exactly what the plan is all the way down the road. And when we don't, we feel overwhelmed or scared or nervous that we're going to screw it up. There are probably lots of things that you're going to screw up along the way. I hope there's lots of things that you screw up along the way because if you are trying to build a business or trying to do something great in your life, if you're not making mistakes, it means you're not trying. And so I hope you make mistakes, but know that one, take one step, then take the next step and take the next step. And if you can do that and not quit, you will get there. Amazing. Um, so I know that you last year launched a podcast as well. Also I did. Called, but scared. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the podcast. Oh my gosh. I have had the most fun doing the podcast. It is so, so amazing. So I, I talk about a lot of the same stuff we're talking about today, um, about facing your fears and how to take practical action and what that looks like. And we sort of dive deep into a lot of the, the different principles of courage that I talk about in the book. And I, every other episode is a standalone episode. So I'll sort of dive deep into some practical application that you can take right away. And then every other episode is an interview episode where I talk to somebody who is, is living it and doing it scared in their own life. And we've had just some amazing guests of all different walks of life that have been so incredible to talk to. And it's really just about getting that, that constant inspiration and that constant source of motivation. And you probably understand this too, with your amazing podcast. And because I think as humans, we are we have almost an insatiable need to keep filling up and to keep having those positive messages pour into our lives. It's, we get discouraged, things go wrong, obstacles come our way, somebody is mean to us or leaves us a nasty comment or a customer wants a refund or whatever it is that happens, those things bring us down. And so if we're not continually filling up and continually 
find putting up safeguards to keep ourselves re-energized and re-motivated and re-inspired, then it's easy to lose it. It's easy to lose that that in, inspiration. And that's why that's another example of not making excuses for yourself. But you can be smart about not making excuses. You can also be very smart about saying, okay, I know I'm going to need to stay encouraged. So I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to this podcast every Monday and I'm going to listen to this podcast every Tuesday. And I have different podcasts that I'm going to listen to every single day of the week so that I never have to feel like I'm all alone. I always have somebody in my ear. I have I, you probably have this too. I have listeners who tell me that they just listen to all the episodes on repeat again and again and again so that they can get, can always have that inspiration coming in their head. Yeah, absolutely. And just the, the impact that it, that it brings is pretty phenomenal. Um, so um, we know that the book is coming out um, this year, May 21st, yes. 2019. Where, if, where can people go ahead and either, de- depending on when they're listening to this, either pre-order the book or order the book? Yes. So you can get it basically anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's going to be in Target, all over the place. They think all major, all major booksellers. And if you go to our website, dowhatscared.com, we do have some awesome book bonuses and you can, it doesn't matter where you purchase from, you can go in and and register for our book bonuses, which will give you access to our premium fear assessment. So you can get a lot more insight into your archetype, your top three archetypes, plus get your overall fear score. Um, And then we've got some other great bonuses as well. Amazing. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much from the book. Um, I know that our listeners are definitely the reader for this book, and I hope that all of them take a moment to order it on Amazon or go to Target or B&N and get it and um, and dive into it and, and really take that archetype archetype assessment. So just to remind you guys, uh, take the assessment, screenshot this episode, tag Ruth and I, I'll make sure that she gives you her handle here in just a bit and let us know which archetype, um, you, you fell under when you took the assessment. Um, so Ruth, where can everyone find you online as well as on social media? Well, you can find me everywhere on social media at Ruth Sukup. My last name is a little funny. It's spelled S-O-U-K-U-P. And it's like soup cup without the, without the middle P <laughs> and you can find me at ruthsucup.com or you can also find all the do it scared information and the podcast at do it scared.com. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much, Ruth, for coming on and sharing this much needed and much amazing message and, and book. Um, it's going to be amazing. So I appreciate you sharing it with, um, our amazing community here. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to be here. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place, next week. Next time on the Influencer Podcast. One of the fastest growing areas of study in psychology is this area called multiple self-theory which is something that I've been talking about for 20 years, um, which is the people who see themselves as having multiple identities. And it's, they live in context to the roles that they play in life are the ones that are the most mentally healthy. And in fact, the people that have and try to adhere to a single identity, it's like, oh, that's just the way that I am. I'm this way. I'm this way in work. I'm this way at home. I'm this way with my friends. Actually have the highest rate of mental health issues.